I broke up with Kim and, and it was because I wasn't a good counselor. I could tell you it was devastating to me. It broke my heart because I didn't have a choice anymore. Pretty much they wouldn't hire me. I felt very sad. I remember being very sad, very, yeah. very, very sad. Going away, I'm going away, I'm going away from home. I'm going away, I'm going away, I'm going This is the Summer Camp Chronicles, a podcast where one camp old-timer, one young camp professional, and some very special guests share their revealing camp stories and explore what makes summer camp uniquely special to so many people. So no one gets confused. Give my turtle for my brother. Teach him how to feed my snakes. Make sure that my grandmother knows where to send the cup. Welcome back to the Summer Camp Chronicles. I'm Eric. This is Ben. And as we talked about at the end of the last episode, Ben, this episode is going to be about the breakup when yeah, camp... The- Leaves your life for better or for Saying worse. Goodbye. Saying goodbye. Saying goodbye is tough. But yeah. kind of following up from where we were last episode, you're now this, uh, you know, where are we, 1995? You're what, 21, 22? Uh, and you've broken up with camp. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I just, life happened, right? Sometimes yeah. I, I didn't yet figure out that I could do it for a living. Yeah. And I was graduated from college. So I didn't really have summers off anymore. Yeah. So it just, it was just, like I didn't really have a choice. I, I was spring of my senior year, yeah. spring of 95. I got a job doing math education stuff at a college. Yeah. And I had literally never, I've never seen a 4th of July celebration. Right. I'd never been in a city south of yeah. New Hampshire in the summer. It was miserable. I was so there in was Philadelphia. Sort of this, there was this unknown factor to it. Like I, it yeah. sounds like you weren't completely resistant to the idea because it was like a bittersweet, like this is just like the changing of the tides. This is natural, a progression for me. And, and as, always, like, as always, you're way more generous in your analysis <laughs> of me than, than I probably was. I don't remember thinking any of that. I, yeah. I guess it was like a curiosity. Like right. I, I've never seen these summer Olympics. I mean, all these things. I, you oh, know, people, are, a lot of people around here are baseball fans. I, I don't know anything about baseball because <laughs> half the season happens when I'm away usually. Yeah. So yeah, I guess there was a piece of it where I was yeah. living the real life for the first yeah. time in my life. Yeah. And I was already 21 years old. Yeah. But, uh, but it didn't compare. I didn't yeah. like it. Did yeah, you like I, your summer away? No. No, but the thing is, it's interesting is that I, I don't know if it's the same for you, but you, I didn't realize how shit life was without camp until the next summer came around. It's not like it got to October and I was like, I've made the worst mistake. I'm not coming back. But so at what point did you realize that your life completely sucked without camp? I think the first hot day in Philadelphia, <laughs> the first hot night, right? Cause you got hot days at camp. Yeah. So I think I was probably in my apartment with no air conditioning going, what the hell did I do with my life? I really yeah. want to be in the mountains of New Hampshire. And I literally missed the mountains. You know, as you yeah. have gathered through this, this eight episode journey through my life as a kid, I really liked New yeah. England for New England. And, and yeah. the fact that I could get out and, and hike in uh, Philadelphia, you know, for those of you who have not been here, the Mid-Atlantic, <laughs> Mid-Atlantic is not quite as beautiful as New England is. No. Yeah. Not even so anyway, so so yeah, this, that's kind of you know the particulars of my time away from camp. But I think one thing that has come up over and over again, Ben, in our conversations with other people and in thinking about your path to becoming a camp professional is that lots of people have a moment at which they realize that they are finishing camp. Yeah. And for some people, they just, you know, they're campers until they can't, can't be campers anymore and then they yeah. move on. Yeah. Uh, other people 
like Sam, who we talked to, are campers and counselors yeah. and do what they want to do at camp and then eventually yeah. feel like, okay, this has run its course. Yeah. And other people have that decision kind of forced on them. Yeah. Yeah. And we've talked about it being really abrupt. Mm-hmm. So when was fired, he was working one day, one minute. Wasn't, wasn't there he the was next. Called into the director's office and he was, you know, handed a bus ticket and it's just yeah. it's just instantaneously taken from you. Yeah. And we've been part of those conversations on the other end. And that's yeah. hard for everybody. And then there's that kind of in-between phase, like Kevin talked about, in which he kind of recognized that he wasn't a great counselor. He was yeah. trying because he loved the place and it meant so much to him. And he had this he had relationships with other people who were yeah. doing it more successfully, who were sticking around longer. Yeah. And he had to have the breakup and then deal with the emotional repercussions of that in his relationships and in yes. his self-image and, yeah. and his relationship with the place and with the camp and compartmentalize his memories of the good times and those when he was maybe not... Yeah as you know, great a counselor as he wished he had been. That's all really complicated. That, sound, that sounds tough. It sounds like the most healthy breakup, but also the most emotionally tough one. Um, right. Right. Cause if it's instantaneous, you think it's easier. If it's instant, like if you get fired, it's not up to you. Like right. there's, there's no negotiation. Right. And then if you know, if, you, if you're ready to move on from camp cause you don't love it as much, it's also like happy. It's fairly easy. Um, but I think for Kevin, it was like, a healthy breakup, but breakups look like in other realms. Yeah. But uh, you could tell that he really had a difficult time with it. Yeah. So Ben, let's say we have, I don't know, I'm ballparking this, but let's call it 100,000 listeners right now. Yeah. I, I, I might be missing a couple zeros, but let's go with 100,000. <laughs> what percentage of them do you think fall into the, each of those categories? Okay, well, let's say 100,000 people Four, four to five percent get fired. I would say. Yeah, but are so, they listening to our podcast? Or are they like, ah, fuck camp? I'm listening to this. <laughs> uh, they're listening. They're okay. listening. All I feel right. like people that get fired from camp didn't want to leave camp. Right. Okay. Um, and they're probably like, wow, this is great. Some other guy was fired too. It wasn't <laughs> yeah, just sorry. me. A big chunk, like five thousand other people got yeah, fired. That's right. right. Um, but then I think I would say the majority of people. Uh, you know, let's say seventy to seventy-five percent are the ones, even higher that move on. They just say, yeah, I'm done with camp. I'm going to go get a real job and it's going to be hard, but I'm just not going to look back. Um, so what's the deal with that? Because I think when we, when we thought about this episode, we maybe, maybe unfairly assumed that nobody would want to leave this yeah. if they, if, right? so they, they must've either been fired or sucked at it. But yeah. I think you're right. I think most people like Sam loved it, were great at it and then moved on. And so does that say something about us that we weren't able to move on or we just assumed nobody else would be able to, or is it just that uh, some people just grow up? I, I feel like, yes, some people grow up, but I don't like, we still have the ability, whether it was back in 1995 or for me after 2015 to walk away and really just never come back. And I think that we may have had a, a bit of both of the sense of like, I am optimistic that there is a future here, but also, yeah, that attachment, like I can't let go that some people also were strong enough to have. Um, but I seriously think that a lot of people don't, they kind of like put that wall up and say, I'm yeah. not going to think about it. And Kevin touched on it. Like, I'm not going to think about it because it is a, one of the best times of my life. And I, I yearn to feel yeah. and have that again, but I can't. Yeah. 
All right, that's fair. Sorry, sorry, I interrupted you. You got you get four to five percent fired, yeah. seventy to 75% yeah. totally naturally and healthily moved on, which we clearly weren't able to do. Yeah. And then what about the folks who, you know, probably wanted to hold on to it longer, wish they could have been better counselors or stayed at a camp longer, but were kind of pushed yeah. out? I mean, they're the ones that, as I was just saying, don't probably don't have the this sounds harsh, but like the strength or the um introspection um or i guess that that reality check to say hey it's probably good for me to walk away now i'm 26 and, and my co-counselors are 19 i probably should walk away and it, it takes the directors to kind of give them a healthy nudge to say i'm excited to see what your future holds but it's right. not yeah right yeah well i think there's also a lot of people they're they're, they're the kevins who did it uh right. at a camp where they grew up and they did it at 18 yeah. and 20 or 17 and 19, whatever it was. And, you know, just kind of fizzled out. Yeah. I weren't great at it. There are also people who come for one summer on a study, uh, on a, on a J one visa from another country who probably would love to fall in love with it and do it many times. And also maybe just weren't invited back. So then there's a lot of sort of subcategories there. Yeah. All right. So that's, you're saying that's another 10, 15%. I'd say so. All right. Well, then there's that 1% that are in our boat that never got to, right. We still are in camp. Right. And that's probably a lot of our listeners. Yeah, I'd say so. But it's also a conversation that I feel like all of those people have had to, I mean, I feel like everyone's had that potential breakup with camp. Yeah. Um, or temporary breakup with camp and then right. they've gotten back. Right. And if they haven't, they should. Going back to my theory about not marrying your college girlfriend, or your high school girlfriend, you got to at least go away to come back yeah. to know it's the right thing. I, I, I think it's, yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think people should uh, email us or, yeah. uh, whatever you do on Instagram, they should Insta at you. DM, direct uh, should, message. Yeah, they should DM you because maybe we're, maybe we're way off. Maybe our percentages are all skewed and you're all out there thinking like, what are these guys talking about? Maybe uh, we have 250,000 listeners instead of 100,000. Oh, yeah. I, like I said, I probably missed out a couple of zeros. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, that's cool. All right. But we only talked to a few people and we're going to regurgitate some of the interviews that we took. Um, not the parts you've heard before, but we had some parts of some conversations that got into this topic of Why'd you leave camp? How'd you leave camp? How'd you feel after you left camp? Yeah. Um, so we're going to play those now and, and then we'll talk about them a little bit uh, before we get into our last episode. Sounds good. So first we have Sam. How did you know it was time to move on for good? Um, I think, so, so, so 1989 was my last summer at camp. I graduated from Haverford. Um, and by the way, nobody tells you that getting out of college is one of the worst experiences of your life. Nobody tells you this. Um, that was so hard. You know, you know, the funny thing, actually, this is a good story. So I moved to Washington after I got out of college and I was miserable. Um, and what I figured out is that I was homesick. And interestingly enough, the reason I didn't know what it was is that I'd never been homesick before. I've been going to summer camp since I was nine years old. And I was, the first time I was homesick was when I was, 21 years old, living in Washington, D.C., after, you know, having moved there um, after camp to, to get a job. Um, and so, um, so I sort of knew because um, there was a big part of me that wanted to be a teacher, but I think also deep down I knew that if I did that, it would have been spending 10 months of the year being a teacher just so that I could go back to camp the other two months. And also, as I was getting older, um, 
you know, my best role at camp was as a bunk counselor. Like that was, that was my ideal role. And as you're getting older, you can't just go back to camp and be a cabin counselor every summer. So I think I sort of knew, and some of this is very much hindsight, but I think I'm describing it accurately. I didn't have these thoughts then, but as, as I look back on it, like running a camp was not, and, and being a, a senior leader at camp was not something that I think I was going to want to be able to do. I wanted to be at camp and I wanted to be a really good bunk counselor, but that was it. And I don't think, so I think camp ended for me because of that. There wasn't a role for me at camp. Um, yeah, that, I think that happens to a lot of people. And sometimes it happens prematurely uh, in that if you're really, really good as a counselor, you know, if you're great working with kids, living with kids, being a you know, hands-on, minute-to-minute role model, you get promoted into a job that, that allows you to do that less and less and less because you become an organizer or a supervisor right. or a leader of some kind. And well, When we do our leadership podcast, we're going to have this same discussion because that, that happens in every job. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I remember I, so I was a cabin counselor for four years, which by the way, by today's standards is like insane. Everyone who works for, for Ben and for me, uh, if they do a good job the first year, they want to come back as senior staff the following year. And I'm like, just do it again. Well, like yeah, you have yeah. no idea. First of all, how much you're going to miss it. And like we just said, that's the best part of the, of this experience is being a counselor. You obviously loved it and you're great at it. You'll be even better at it if you do it the second time. Mm. So there's a sense of like, I have to move up. I have to sort of advance and build my resume. And, and, you know, so I think doing it for four years, um, is, was great. And it sounds like you did in five or six years, maybe as a cabin counselor. So I was a cabin counselor in 84, 85, 86. In 87, I moved up to senior camp, and I think I was an assistant senior camp director for Boys Side when Kathy Holmes was senior camp director. And then in 88 and 89, I was a camp craft Camp craft, yeah. So, but, I, but I remember, um, so I was a cabin counselor for four years, and then I had to take two years in real life where I actually I graduated from Haverford, and, and I thought I had to get a real job. So I was working at Swarthmore for two summers two worst summers of my life. Um, Philadelphia what, in the summer is... Wasn't there a Quizasana summer in there too? Uh, Quizasana was between CIT and counselor because they, they required us to take one year off. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I got invited back, so I, then I, you know, I decided to quit my job at Swarthmore and go back to grad school for education, which allowed me to have two summers back at camp. And um, they, they offered me you know, something like being the junior camp director or, or the assistant to Rob, you know, some sort of um, administrative the leadership position. To Rob. Raise your hand if you were ever the assistant to Rob, like right, hands are right. going up all over the world. Yeah, whatever it was. But I, I flat out refused. I, I said, I really, I, I need like the, the, the energy and the, my love for camp comes from being with kids all the time. So I took the CIT director position because at that time, the CIT director was the CIT counselor. Like I lived with the boys CITs. And I had, you know, the ability to sort of like develop a program and, you know, and, and help train them to be counselors and take them out of camp and all that stuff. But, um, you know, I, I had to like forcefully say, no, thank you. I don't want the quote unquote promotion. I just want to like continue to work with kids. But I think that's rare that you get that chance. Yeah. And, and, and you know, the funny thing is I've been sort of, a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a striver organizationally. And it took me a long time before I realized that I didn't want to be very, very senior at a big company, um, which is why I'm so happy at the job I have now, which is a company of 11 people. Um, but, um, but yeah, they're, they're, like I said, it's, it's just what you said. There was nothing for me to do. 
even though I, I like this analysis again is all after the fact, right? But that's what happened. I think is there was no job for me in the end that yeah. I wanted and that I would have been good at. Sam represents that seventy to seventy-five percent of normal people in the world yeah. who, and he was, you know, the thing is, he was a diehard. Nobody ever was good could, at it. Yeah, you, and you can't accuse Sam of of really walking away because he's never walked away. You can hear it in his voice. He still visits the. He's got a wife, kids. He's yeah. you know older than I am, which is really old, and he still goes back every year. So he he yeah. didn't exactly make a clean break, but. Uh, he did express to us that uh, he did a number of jobs there and felt like it was time, it was time to move on. Yeah. Which is a, a pretty tough decision to make. Like I'm saying openly, I can openly admit that I would not be able to make that decision. Even if I knew that camp wasn't for me, I, I wouldn't be able to just walk away naturally. I would almost force one of the other options. Yeah. So then we have Kevin and, and he's an interesting case because he also was a camp loving person but fits into that 10 to 15% bracket that we're hypothesizing of people that don't want to say goodbye, but are asked to for reasons, whether that is you're perhaps not fitting into the community anymore because we're, we're just going to move on or you're not the greatest counselor um, or, you know, any other reason, um, but kind of the decision is not yours to be made, but you've had, you have to say goodbye to camp and that's heartbreaking. So you and I, were, you and I were counselors in '91 together. You were Bunky's co-counselor, and I was, I was not, I was very immature and not ready to be a counselor. I would say, and um, I was put with him, and I think because he was looked at as a very stable influence, and I think I was like, unsure, they were unsure of me, and rightly so. And Eric, Eric got always like rave reviews, and I mean, he just, and but it shows, right? Like you were always good with kids. That's why you chose to be in education. That's why you chose to do what you do. I was never good with kids, and I can't believe I have three of my own. But I was too young, too lackadaisical, um, and so I wasn't invited back. You know what I mean? You guys still live in this world, so it's a little different. Mm. You know, I, 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 you know, I'm still jealous of the idea that you get to do camp. Now, I'm also, I think some of the magic has come off the sheen for you because you get to see, you have to deal with the business of camp. Yeah. And I think that's a terrible thing. I've never had to deal in the business of camp. And so... Um, I would certainly say that, that, you know, maybe my memories are, are preserved in a special way, you know, and I can, Bill Dorfman's a villain to me to this day, even though I know he's not really, but you know what I mean? In my mind, he was the villain and Jancy got to be the loving, warm, nurturing one, you know, and, and I get to have Bill as the villain in my life forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, let me share something with you. So like I said, I was not a good counselor the first summer, so much so that they didn't ask me to come back this next summer. So this is when Eric and I started diverging. And so I, I had a summer off and then they let me come back after my freshman year of college. Okay. So I, I, I and I reversed myself as a counselor and, and I was a terrible counselor in a different way. So now I'm the older counselor and the more experienced one in the group. We're not older, but the more experienced of the two of us in this bunk. And I became a hard ass. I became very type A, like, you need to clean the bunk. And so I was so irresponsible the first summer, I went the opposite way too much. And so I pretty much, they didn't want me around anymore. And being the, having not allowed to come back, I could tell you it was devastating to me. It broke my heart. And so I, can't, I, I broke up with camp and, and it was because I wasn't a good counselor. And I fully admit this, right? I think I knew it at the time. But um, at breaking up, that point of breaking away, because I didn't have a choice anymore. I was banned, right? Pretty much they wouldn't hire me. And that breakaway, knowing that Eric was still there too, 
Mm. And that BB and Alex and all them came back for a few summers and stuff. I felt very sad. I remember being very sad, very, very, yeah. very sad. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. so glad you brought that up. I think that's true for so many people, right? Like we fall in love with camp as a camper and you'd have to really be a bad camper to not be invited back, right? So generally speaking, you, you get to go, right? Your parents pay, you go, you have these experiences. And suddenly the thing that means so much to you becomes a job. And for some people, they don't like the job as much as they thought they would. For other people, it's just not the right fit, right? You're, you're an incredible person and attorney and, you know, and father, a million other things. I can go on and on for hours and hours. For whatever reason, you know, at that, you know, as a 17-year-old young man, maybe being a camp counselor wasn't the perfect job for you, right? And so that makes sense on a professional level. And yet it, it, it means for your life, this, like you said, this breakup, yeah. there's, no, there's a great way to say it you had to break up with camp on, on someone else's terms. Yep. And I think that's true that's for right. virtually everybody, right? Ben and I are really lucky that we're yeah. still in it. Almost everyone in life is no longer at yeah. camp for one reason or another. Uh, and I, I think it's interesting to hear your perspective on what that felt like. I wonder, knowing that we were still there and that I took to it and, you know, and they seemed to think I was doing an okay job, was, was there kind of an embarrassment or a shame factor to that also? Like for our relationship? Well, yeah. So you were very good. You're just very good with kids, right? And you're patient and I'm not patient. Like all the things, you know, um, all the good qualities that make someone a good counselor, right? And um, you, you had them, right? You had them, you're thoughtful and you're, you, you don't react and you think about things before you, you know, you're just a different person than I am, right? And, um, um, and so, you know, although you were so successful and I was so not, and I knew this, um, but yeah, it hurts. I mean, let me tell you something, to this day, so you know you have recurring dreams. I have a, my anxiety dream is like I'm late for a test in college or I miss the exam. Like it's always the same kind of, and my, I have a recurring camp dream. And it's not always the same, but I wake up almost crying from the camp dream because it's, it takes me back to that feeling when I was at camp that you can't recreate. And um, I was, when I couldn't go back, so, you know, we had, Walt Whitman had like 70th year reunion, Eric. Yeah, and I I couldn't make it happen for 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 me because of stuff going on at home, right? Through like scheduling, and they all Facetime me or whatever from from, and it was like all the old people back together, and they were on a house somewhere, and it was just like I, I almost didn't want to talk to you guys because it was just like I was jealous and upset, and like it was just like a time I you know I put up a wall for this time in my life because I can't recreate it, and it's it's bittersweet, and I just want to wall it off, and I think that's why I dream about it you know, because it's just like, I put it in a place. Like I'm never going to be that happy again. And so I, I put it in a place. And I'm biased because I love the guy, but I also really appreciate Kevin's honesty about that. I think he was pretty forthright and it was pretty raw all these years later. Yeah. Again, these aren't conversations that we've been, that Kevin and I have been having over the years. We, we haven't spoken much at all in the last 15 years. And when Ben brought up what happened towards the end and what it was like for him to be a counselor, you could hear in his voice that he still felt really strongly about the place yeah. and was kind of, you know, had, he had kind of accepted the way in which it ended, but it took some effort to do so. Yeah. I mean, Kev also mentioned that like he's kind of put a barrier or barricade up in his head emotionally from camp to kind of keep it at arm's length because it is really tough to talk about, because he said it's the, it was the best time of his life. And he knows that he's never going to get that feeling again. Um, so raw is almost the best description of it because talking about the breakup 15 years on, 
or more is still 25 years on is still tough for him. Who? Kevin. I think you said Roar. No, Raw. You said it's... Oh, Raw. 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 I told you, it's the headphones, the funny, funny accent. <laughs> All right. The other category that we've discussed is when people are fired from camp. There's a really big difference between Kevin and not just in the way in which it ended in terms of timing, right? Kevin yeah. finished his summer, was fine, and the kids were happy and safe, and then he was really not invited back, but with lots of love... Yes. And, and, and kind of in full standing at the camp, you're totally welcome yeah. back to visit and all those things. Uh, but it was about his performance yeah. and that he was able to understand and, uh, and saw it in, in himself, but he was doing the best he could. Yeah. It was a totally different situation because his performance was great. He was perfectly capable of being a great counselor. Yeah. Just chose to be a rule breaker. Yes. That's a good point. And as you're talking about that as well, another thing that I've just remembered is, you know, when they break that rule, it's it's easier for the people that are doing the firing to say, hey, this doesn't define you as a person, but you, you, it, you made a poor choice. And that's why we're dismissing you. The tough thing for the directors in Kevin's situation is that like, we love you as a person. We want you in this community, but unfortunately not in this capacity. And that's hard for both parties. And that's going back to what we were talking about, why I think that's the toughest breakup because everyone hurts because it's the honest truth. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. That's yeah, God knows when I fire people for making a mistake, now that the entire world has heard this podcast, there's no question that I can commiserate and understand that I was young once too and made a lot yeah. of stupid mistakes. <laughs> and everybody does. And yeah. you know, we, we have to let you go and you know, let yeah. me help you do that in a way that feels okay for you. And, you know, yeah. and, uh, that's and a real different situation. Tune into episode six of the Summer Camp Chronicles and everything will make sense. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> wherever, episode seven, wherever we are. Right. So that, that's interesting talking about everyone's breakup. And before we you know, go, I, if you have a, a decent breakup story with camp, you know, wh- whatever bracket you fit in, please email us at summercampchronicles at gmail.com or you know, give us a DM on Instagram because we want to learn more about the breakups. We only, we're a little biased uh, and I think it'll be interesting to review those and, and bring them up in, in upcoming episodes. I wonder if any of our favorite celebrities were fired. How interesting would it be if you know, they're not calling us? Henry Winkler, my cousin, is embarrassed because he was like, he was you know, camp. yeah, drinking in the boys' shower house or something. <laughs> One person who was not fired from camp, I'm guessing, would, would be RBG. She would have been I, an angel at camp. A rule follower, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But thanks for tuning in. Uh, this has been fun. And uh, the next episode, Eric, where are, we, uh, where are we taking it? Next episode, we're going to wrap up the season. This is episode eight coming up. We will wrap up my story. I know a lot of this has been about me and all the things that I did and the friends that I made and the friends that I lost uh, in my camp years. So next episode, we're going to return from the forced hiatus of the two summers that I had a real job. We're going to wrap up this portion of the Summer Camp Chronicles with my last two years at Walt Whitman, 97, 98. I was a senior staff member and I got my first year-round full-time camp job. I never looked back. I wanna linger a little longer, a little longer here with you. The Summer Camp Chronicles is hosted by me, Eric Sasson, and by Ben Jerez. If you like what you hear, please tell your friends, give us a five-star rating, and write a review. That will all help us share the Summer Camp Chronicles with more camp lovers like you. Follow us on Instagram at Summer Camp Chronicles, 
or email us at summercampchronicles at gmail.com. Send us any comments, feedback, or parts of your camp story that you want to share with us. If you know Adam Sandler, tell him he can bring his guitar on the show. Just tell him to email us. Our opening music is Going Away, and our closing song is Linger. Both songs are performed by Lisa Loeb, who was a huge fan of camp and generously allowed us to use her music in this podcast. These songs, and a bunch of other great camp songs, appear on her album, Camp Lisa. Proceeds from that album help send underprivileged kids to camp, so we hope you'll check it out. I want to linger a little longer here with you. Inside, this is good night and not goodbye.